Hey Warriors and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope you had a great week. Mine wasn't too bad. Um, still fighting those allergies because right now it's about to hit the high levels. Yeah, there's a lot of trees out here and everybody keeps telling me wait until you see the yellow snow. So we will see how it goes. It'll be our first spring out here. And I'm looking forward to it. But at the same time, you know, I know it's going to be a pain in the butt with the allergies. Anyway, so last week we had you know a good talk about the helmet. Um, this one is going to be geared towards the belt of truth. You know, I really wanted to name this uh, like below the belt or you know don't get hit below the belt because we all know if you've ever been in a fight, if you ever watched a fight, if you've ever been in a fight where there's refs, they always say don't hit below the belt. No cheap shots but i want to call this enemy does cheap shots so the idea is that the belt of truth is what is you know a lot of people would say if you look at um, the armor of the romans it's the, the the spot that holds the breastplate down and it helps with some of the parts of the armor around the belly area right so the idea though the belt of truth is for us it's the foundational stance that we hold to. And it's interesting because we know, and if we look at the Declaration of Independence, our forefathers used the statement, we hold these truths to be self-evident. They use this statement to recognize what would be stated as the foundational truth of what their Declaration of Independence was going to be towards. This is where our mindset needs to be with our truth, the Bible, the sound doctrine that we have been taught by those who still today hold these truths of Scripture. They do not waver away to create their own truth. It is aligned to what was taught by Jesus through the disciples teaching the, the followers of Christ, through those followers teaching more followers, and they all go back to the scripture that God breathed to his words for us to stand by. So when we deal with truth, there will be a lot of false teaching that will try to lead people away, as we talked about a little bit last week. That will There will be ideologies that will feel like that give you a sense of spiritualism. That makes us feel like we're getting closer to God, but in reality, it's about us controlling that spiritual feeling with God. There will also be our personal truths that we will create because we want to create this image of truths to stand by. Because our hearts and our mind want it to be the truth. I don't know, like growing up, you remember when you prayed to God, you know, I want a puppy. And we wanted that to be true. And we did everything possible to convince our parents to get a puppy. Or is that girl that you really, really liked and you did everything possible to try to create that to be true. Because with our mind and our hearts, we were so dedicated to that girl or to get that puppy that we were willing to compromise anything to get it. 
Not everyone does this in every aspect, but there is times in your life that you probably compromise just to be able to get something. So the idea is that we start believing in the lie of truths that we create. And we, as we have talked about, the more you believe the lie, the more that will become more of the truth that we want to have or we want to believe. But the one thing we do have is the Bible has not changed. God has not changed. So those who follow, those truth that we do follow, which is, you know, Bible and God, how do we recognize when it is a false teaching versus the truth? You see, in 1 John 4, 1 through 6, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is, from, is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you, you heard was coming, now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error or falsehood. You see, you go to verse 5, it says, They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. This is that warning I'm trying to get you guys to understand why understanding your scriptures, knowing it, praying about it, talking with others about it, asking your pastor questions, getting involved yourself, because this is the thing. Sometimes those that, that speak like the world will use a lot of Christian words or symbolisms or ideology that sounds biblical, right? Because they use certain phrases to catch you. Because they, they want you... To, to look at things, they want you to hear things, they want you to believe in certain things because they have twisted it enough because they're in their mindset and what they're trying to teach you. I'm not saying these are antichrists, but I'm talking about people who speak worldly words, who are <clears throat> more interested in what the like how to invest in the world versus investing in the gospel. Okay, I'm not talking about all antichrist, you know, like they're not every person that does this is antichrist. I need I want you to clear. I don't want to hear someone say you're calling all these people. No, I'm not calling them antichrist. However, there are people who call themselves Christians who speak like the world. And they will use enough of the words that the world would use and a little bit of the Christian words to use to capture your heart, your mind, and your truth. Sprinkle a little bit of Jesus. I always call that's what I used to call for a long time. 
they call they they use the word Christian in front of something, and then they sprinkle Jesus on it. Oh, it's a Christian perspective. Oh, it's a Christian ideology. Oh, it's a Christian counseling skill. Oh, like they start doing like, hey, they put the word Christian in front of us, therefore it's Christian. But when you actually pay attention to what's being done, they're like sprinkling truth into it enough where you think the whole thing is a truth. Because like verse five, it says, therefore they speak from the world and the world listens to them. When you start noticing that the world is more excited about a method, an ideology, a, a church group, worship group, they're like excited about <clears throat> how they feel like they're a part of it, but their truth starts changing to fit that. You know, there is one th one group, a band that, you know, uh, that's my favorite is Skillet. John Cooper, I hope someday before I go to heaven, before he goes to heaven, that we will get be able to meet and have, you know, have a talk. I mean, that's always been a dream that, you know, the past decade or so to meet him. And my wife would love to meet Corey and even Jennifer Ledger because there's a lot of commonality that she has with them and, and John and I with, you know, John. And um, the one thing that's been interesting, because I have joined a skillet group, there's a lot of unsaved people who love skillet. However, they don't pay attention to what he's really saying. The one thing what John does every single time with skillet is on tour. He teaches the gospel. And the thing is that people love their music, they love their sound, but they have created their own truths. I've seen other songs, um, I cannot remember, I think, it's the Mon I think it was Monster, where they thought that he was talking about, I've had people were writing this, that it was about homosexuality. That it was for people who are struggling with that to come out and be who they're supposed to be. And it's like, no, because if they knew who John was, he doesn't stand for that. So what was he talking about? You see, that's how easy, this is what I mean. The world is only going to see what the world wants to see. Until they actually read the lines that are in between. And this is what I'm talking about. There is, the, in, in the Christian movement, like in our culture, there is a, a form of teaching that is being taught that is true. That is biblical. But then there is another teaching that's taking just enough of the truth, mixing it in with a lie, and it's going to pull people in it because it makes them feel special. It makes them feel more spiritual. It, makes, it, it starts pulling them into a world perspective of the Bible because all they think, if I keep doing just the truth side, it's boring. Nothing happens, blah, blah, blah. They, they, because what they want to see is something magical that comes out of it. It's almost like, you know, the Disney idea, you know, <laughs> there's a magical world out there, you know, and, and so Disney created cartoons and, and stories to be able to fill the imagination. And there's nothing wrong with that because I love my imagination. I love creating stories. I love playing games that allow me to create my characters for a story. 
But today we're seeing a lot of evidence of twisting truth for some type of version of Jesus. We're seeing people changing the Bible's meaning or accusing OG Christians, you know, Ogard Christians of creating their own theology that really did not mean X, Y, and Z because all, all these OG Christians were only using it to control people and create fear and, and, you know, make people run, run, you know, run away from hell and blah, blah, blah. Some of that is human standards. Yes, I do agree that there were standards that were created that were human-made that aren't biblical. However, the foundational platform by which the OG Christians stand on is sound. Sound doctrine. Because it's never faltered. There is a hell. You are going to go to hell if you don't believe that Jesus died for you as your Savior because you are a sinner and you desire to be saved. You want the grace. So it's not wrong. So what are they talking about? Well, because there was methods and there is ideologies that are out there that are human-made that are pushing people to run to run away from hell but not teaching them the gospel message appropriately. And then there is other teachings where there, there's a teaching of fear of everything that could possibly have you sin. And so you live on standards alone. And so when you make the mistake, you fall hard. And you either struggle in your walk or you run away from the church, or you start feeling like you're not worth it. I made a mistake. I failed God, so now I don't. I can't live like a Christian. That's not what it means to stand on truth, to wear the belt of truth. There is a foundational position that we're supposed to hold to that is found in the scriptures. But people like having control over their spiritual walk. They can feel the spiritual aroma that fills the room. They want to feel God. And it's supposed to be about faith through trusting, through knowing the truth. This is why the belt is so important. And it is why the cheap shots that are made at the belt are actually becoming stronger. You know, because I use the word deconstruction, okay? Deconstruction is taking that belt of truth and saying, is, is this belt really been the foundational stand that we, we are supposed to be standing on? I mean, come on. I mean, it, it just seems like we're not modern enough. We're not up to date. We're not like teaching stuff that relates better with the world. We're not helping people, you know, find Jesus. Like they're misunderstanding him. Let's rethink about maybe something about what we've been taught isn't true. But there's something that we are given, right? Right? We remember what that is? 
He's a he. Holy Spirit. Okay. John 16, 12 through 15 states, I still have many things to say to you. This is Jesus telling the disciples, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has in mind is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. We are given a spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. Okay? You study the scriptures, the Holy Spirit's going to support the scriptures. We accept Jesus, we, get, we gain the Holy Spirit. You know, you, you probably heard the statement, listen to your gut, not your heart. Well, often enough, I always looked at the gut feeling is the Holy Spirit's discernment or the Holy Spirit trying to show me something, right? But even if it's trying, even if he's trying to tell me something, I got to have some type of absolute foundation to stand on to actually hear that truth compared to the false lie. Because he, he pays attention what the enemy's trying to do to us. This is why situations where you're being tempted, God gives you a way out. The Holy Spirit's going to say, yo, probably shouldn't be watching that because you know what's going to happen. You're going to do something that you're going to regret should probably not be looking at those pictures. You should probably stop drinking. You already drank enough. And so on. Because there is things that the Holy Spirit's going to tell you. Hey, you know what the Bible tells you about this stuff. And that's the way out. Shut off the TV. Close your computer. Go for a walk. Get, get away from the temptation to, to get your mind clear. Because once your mind is caught, once your heart is getting pulled into the desire, it's hard to get out. Holy Spirit can help you through that. Because here's the thing. The Holy Spirit will always, always lead us to Scripture to verify what is heard, what we're seeing, what we're being told is true or not. If what we are hearing does not add up to the truth of Scripture, and it's not a rework or a rewording of the Scripture, it needs to re represent the Scripture. So even if you love your pastor and you've known him for decades, but you're listening and you're looking at Scriptures and it's not matching up, you, you need to say something need to ask the questions because you remember you, you know as a pastor we make mistakes we can falter we can hide our sin but we may be faltering in our walk because we we're trying to find a better way to to wake up the church or to start something amazing or 
help people that need help. But we can have a misconception of truth because we're so worked up on the, the image, the, the branding, the, the impact that our church has or that what I have on people. We lose, start losing sight. It starts becoming our truth. This is why we have the problems like in Hillsong, why we have the problems going on in Ele Elevation Church, even with a Transformation Church. Because we want to be so relevant to the world that we miss out on what we're supposed to be doing. This is for everybody. This is not just for pastors. This is for you. This is for you who's listening. Make sure you are studying your scriptures because the Holy Spirit's going to tell you something, going to show you something, it's going to point out things in your life that you may have to remove, you may ask, you may have to repent, you may have to rework what is part of your life and what isn't, or like what should be and what shouldn't. The, the Holy Spirit's going to step in, and you can either listen or you can ignore but it's down to your choice. And if you're holding onto that belt of truth, you're going to stand by the truth, which means you got to obey the truth, which means you got to actually hear it, read it, understand it and live by it. Let's take a quick break. So our truth is by what we hold to. Our worldview is dictated by what we see. So if we're seeing lots of the world, then we're not seeing a biblical worldview. We're living by what the world would say, then we're not walking in a biblical worldview. And therefore, we live by what we see and what we hold to. So if our truth is not biblical, then it's going to be personal. It's going to be worldly. Our truth is where our morals, our character, and our way of living is dictated from. Right? So if we're supposed to walk in righteousness, things that are not righteous, we choose to choose righteousness. If we're filling our minds with pornography, guess what our morals are going to start acting like? Our truths our character and how we live will. And I mean, it will affect every aspect of your life, even your walk. You can go to church and you can go to a Bible study. If you're a kid, a youth group, whatever it may be, it's going to affect all that because now it's not only in your mind and your heart, but it's starting to rebuild that truth stance that you stand on. Is it really that bad looking at a woman? Or how about, let's say you got into drinking. Is it really that bad if I, you know, just drink a little bit too much and, you know, become buzzed? We start, we start trying to create limitations. We start looking for that fine line that we can stand on. Oh, you know, well, you know, I, you know, I, I, I cuss, but I don't use the F word. But where's the fine line? You see, you're trying to compromise a stance, a truth. 
because as long as it's so-called quote-unquote light or a white lie is not as bad as an actual lie. And I've heard this from youth group kids. Well, a white lie is not really that bad. You know, it's like a, like a little lie. No, no, no. Little lies could turn into big lies real quick. Looking at so-called soft porn can turn into big porn. You have problems with drinking and, you know, you even take a little bit of drinking, it can lead into big drinking if you're not careful. But I'm not saying drinking is wrong. I'm just pointing out that the addiction side of things can turn big just because you think you're doing light. You know, you getting a little bit angry at your wife can turn into rage if you're not careful. You mistreating your kids a little bit too roughly, you know, trying to get them to grow up instead of helping them walk into adulthood. Like there's so many things that we can place as we always use that. Well, it's just a little bit. It's not that bad, but it can lead into big. If we are still thinking that just that little is it's okay. When the Bible teaches us how we're supposed to be. How we're supposed to protect our hearts, protect our minds, protect our eyes, protect our ears. And, and we got to have the solid truth. Because if our life is starting to look a lot like the world, representing the world, people are flocking to us that don't love Jesus, but they just think we're fantastic because we're not so stuffy like some other Christians are, we need to stop and reflect. Because I still, you know, people can like me, but when they see where I stand on things, they're not going to like it. They're going to get upset, and that's okay, because I'm willing to stand for the truth and not worry about what people think of me in that. Because how much of this world is influencing our life? And our truth. When we, we begin to say, I'm a Christian, but I take a more modern view of issues today. Well, I call it the more progressive view. Because we need to relate to this world and not have people hate Jesus so much. Or they have a very misconception of who Jesus is. That's a big one nowadays. a misconception or a misunderstanding of who God is. And we, we need to have people ask the right questions. So if we make it more relatable, then they'll want to know Jesus. But which Jesus? Because if they're relating to Jesus, then they're creating a version of Jesus that isn't a biblical Jesus. Right? The sinner who has no remorse will only see what the world has to offer. And it's the same with a Christian who ignores the Holy Spirit. They're going to chase after the world because no wisdom or counsel is going to match up to what they are feeling inside or what they think it should be. You know, they hold on to that shield of faith pretty tight. And seeing, seeing this mindset, their belt of truth has become the belt of relativity. Absence of absolute and universal thinking. In other words, my truth is based on what I need it to be in the moment. 
that's what we have some people well i believe this part of the bible but not that part um i hold to this part of jesus but not that part where you know jesus didn't really say that you know that's just what people have said he means i mean if you go and really look it up you know the word you know is not in scripture so therefore you know it's just something more modern it's a, a new view that christians are holding to I mean, they're not wrong. There are words that we use today that were not during Jesus' time as a word. But the ideas behind the meaning of what Jesus meant haven't changed. The word lust, we don't run around using the word lust as like the Bible uses. We use it as like, oh, I'm lusting for that. Right? Um, we say love to everything. But there's different types of versions of love. So that's what I mean. Because the words have changed in meaning, we now define what we see in Scripture as meaning something else. Or maybe we just misinterpret it. Or this is a more modern view of looking at truth. Now, Proverbs 14.12 states this. There is a way that seems right to man. You know, Proverbs is a very good book for wisdom, okay? There is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way to death. Now, why would that be even stated? Because if we're not naturally sinners, then there should be a way to that doesn't lead to death, right? But our desires, our personal desires are not godly unless we're walking with jesus and following him and obeying his word and doing some form of absolute truth to stand with some type of moral integrity that we can hold to because in john fourteen six, jesus said to him this is jesus talking okay i am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me so there is no other way, there is no other truth, and there is no other way to get life but through Jesus. So if we're not holding to biblical truth, then what are we holding to? realized I was muted. Sorry for the long silence. <laughs> so our truth is always, always leads to death and brokenness because we are determined to live our life as we think it should be. We do not want to follow an absolute truth because in our eyes, it limits us. But when we allow God's truth, to, allow God's truth to be ours or yours, right? You are more free than you can realize because you are able to live life in faith and not in fear. 
have you ever noticed how the world always lives on fear? I mean, they're always like talking about the end, end times, the world's coming to an end, things are going to happen, there's going to be World War Three soon, and they just talk about all this stuff, and then it makes us go look in our scriptures, which is good, but at the same time, we can't live in fear, we gotta live in faith, because when we live in fear, that opens up all the doors. Because if you think about it, when we're praying, we're learning to have faith in God. We're trusting him. We're asking him to protect our hearts and our minds. We're asking him to take care of all the parts of the armor. But when we live in fear, what do we do? We start acting like the world. We start changing the armor, the armor to look like the world. We start protecting ourselves in, in fear and pride and desire to put up that shield of, of pride because, man, that gives me control and I have control even though everything else around me is falling apart. We have someone we can lean to. Now, as we go back to 1 John 4, 6, like, like we were talking about earlier today, we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. If you're teaching the scriptures, you're talking about the scriptures because you've been spending time with it and you're understanding and you're, and you're reading it enough where you're gaining this knowledge of how to be able to stand firm in the faith, People who also standing firm in the faith will be able to hear what you're saying and understand. But man, if you're if you're starting to sound more like how the world would want us to be, they're not going to be able to hear it because what they're wanting us to do is to be more progressive and modern to the times. When we are walking with God as we should, and those who are walking with God will be able to hear truth. But when we are full of the world, we do not want to hear the truth. We cover our ears and yell so loud so that we can't hear, so we can continue to walk as we do, because we don't want anybody telling us that this is, this is, the, this is wrong. You got to live like, no, we don't want to hear it. But being relative fits the way of the world. If we do not have an absolute truth to stand by, then where do we stand? Our truth, our ways, it will always be as we want, when we want, and how we want. Our opinions matter more than truth. Because that's my truth. That's your truth. Nobody's wrong. I, I believe the way I want to believe. You believe the way you want to believe. And we'll just leave bygones as bygones or agree, agree to disagree. That's okay. Because you can't tell me I'm wrong and I can't tell you you're wrong. So if we just count on ourselves, no one can say that you're wrong and I'm wrong. But man, as soon as we add the Bible to the mix, God's truth, then you and I, you know, Someone's right and wrong. Let us look at scripture. If it does not match, then who is right? God always wins. His truth is the truth. 
This is how we're supposed to look at how we interact with the world. We're starting to compromise truth to fit. We need to stop and think. Does the Bible say this is okay? No, it doesn't. Okay, so I cannot stand on this. And we got to be careful when we say, well, God can use anything, you know, to reach people. Yes, but he's not going to want to use false teaching and false ideology that's, it, that is causing many, 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 many people who call themselves Christians or maybe even non-believers who get connected. You know, if you ever watch that documentary on Hillsong, there was a lot of people who were going to the Hillsong in New York City who were not saved. Going to church on Sundays, going to worship events, and they still were not accepting Jesus because the words that came out of their mouth was because I felt I belonged. If what we're doing is having non-believers join us because they feel like they belong, but never have to repent, there is something wrong. What truth are we teaching? What truth are they hearing? What truth are they accepting? This is a very scary thought, but it's something that we do need to think about. You know, because your belt of truth needs to be founded on the Bible, it needs to be founded on the scriptures that God has handed to us to live by to follow and obey. And if a non-believer can come into a church and feel like they belong without even repenting or feel any concern about where they're going and who are they following, that's very dangerous. There's something wrong. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, I thank you for this time. I ask that you bless this conversation. I pray you bless those that are hearing. And I pray that you help us to protect our truth. Help us to stand firm on the truth. Help us to study the truth. Help us to understand that we have the Holy Spirit who's going to guide us to your truth. So as we continue to walk in the walk and to live our life as we should, to repent when we're supposed to, to remove things out of our life that's keeping us stuck in a rut, help us, Lord, to continue to walk in truth, an absolute truth. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a great week, and I will see you next time. God bless.